the Spurs. For the Spurs foul. Should Miami go for the three right away? Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Bang! Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! G'day, hello Hoopers. I am at NBA Wiz, and joining me today for a very special, special presentation is this guy right here, my mate Nate Hand at Nikki's Falcon, check him on out for the Phoenix Suns podcast. How you doing, Nate? Maddie, this is a pleasure, mate. Uh, we've known each other a long time. We've never actually done a pod together. so uh, Almost 30 years. This is probably yeah, like is. one of the deepest <laughs> friendships that we've known each other for. So when we say 30 years, this goes way back to we met because of sport. So you were a massive Suns fan when I met you in a Texas Rangers baseball fan. You'd just come back <laughs> over from being over in Texas. I remember. I remember meeting you in that Texas Rangers. Game. I was like, oh, you like baseball. The red tea cap. You got a lot of shit for that red tea cap. I was like, what's your yeah. name, Tim? Um, <laughs> Timmy. Now listen up, mate. You're a massive Suns fan. Uh, give a shout out to your team and tell us a little bit about the Aussie Suns fans podcast. Well, yeah, Aussie Suns fans pod. We've been doing it for about three years now. Uh, and uh, we, Gav uh, Spall started a, a Facebook group, uh, I want to say seven or eight years ago, uh, just to have a talking group for uh, Phoenix Suns fans in Australia. And that group grew to about 500 people in like one year, two years. Uh, so eventually yeah. about three years ago, we just started doing a podcast just for our group. It was just for the stream to the, to the crew inside the Facebook group. And then we started putting it out for everyone to listen to. And it turns out we get more American listeners now than we did uh, Australians. So we've had to start recording at silly times in the morning because we go live and uh, everyone jumps in our, our chat feed on YouTube. Uh, and now it's uh, we've ended up friends with uh, a number of the Phoenix Suns podcasts in Phoenix. We've met up with, jeez, uh, I want to say five, at least five guys that run pods over there. Um, you know, Saul Bookman from PHNX crew, uh, John Voida from... Uh, Suns Jam Session, Justin from Fanning the Flames, Dan Duarte from Fanning the Flames and Coast to Coast. Um, I've got uh, a number of uh, you know quotes from these guys that I want to put in through the show. So I thought I'd just love to hear them. Draw, draw from all those resources and uh, give you some actual insight from guys that live in Phoenix, that uh, live and breathe Phoenix from the from the ground there. And that's a little bit where we're going to stick to our traditional format here for these insight season previews. But also we wanted to get some content from these amazing guys over in Phoenix who are like on the ground, like the troops on the ground, podcast wise, and also like media wise over there in Phoenix. So Nate, you've actually done some of that research for us. Make sure you check them out. Make sure you subscribe to those podcasts and get your Phoenix Suns content, especially if you're a Suns fan and you're not on them right now, you 100% should be. Make sure you subscribe to those and make sure you subscribe to Inside Fantasy Sports. You can check us out wherever you get your podcast from. Leave us a review. Uh, give us a subscribe on YouTube, you know, Spotify, iTunes, whatever you get your podcast from. But also a big shout out to you're having a bit of a sip in your drink. I'm going to have a sip of my drink from my four-in-one cup. By the way, as a thank you from Inside Sports and uh, our good friends over at Standard Squeeze. Nate, you've got one of these on the way to you. It's a four-in-one. Hold your coffees and hold your rosé, whatever wine oh, you be drinking on. It. One of these to come in for your camp. Make sure you use the promo code INSIDE15 and get 15% off. And big shout-out to Ash and all those guys 
in here. Uh, thanks to our crew at Stand and Squeeze. Now, I've got one question for you. Are the Phoenix Suns better or worse we go any further? Oh. Oh, go, go on, go on. No, anyone that watches our pod would know that we don't do it without drinking. Cheers, boys. <laughs> There's always got to be a beverage involved. Let's not lie. And it's orange too, which matches hat. So question, answer my bloody question you asked. Are the Phoenix Suns better or worse this year? Better. How? By far. Sell, sell, me, sell me on the Phoenix Suns being a better team. Oh, well, yeah, okay, so I'm going to start with the head, and that's Vogel. So it we like it when they start with the head. <laughs> Always. Mate, uh, the, the Suns have essentially flamed out two seasons in a row when they shouldn't have. Um, and yeah. I say that, 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 that arguably that's going to piss some people off. But from a super fan... No, they have, 100%. The, the, the evidence is there. Out. You don't have a championship ring. You don't have a championship ring. The, the, at the end of the day, that's... Yeah. We, we, that's and it. we should have by now with, with where that team was in the development. But... Um, the, it all started, in my opinion, with Monty and DA, and I want to yeah, throw 100%. CP. I want to throw CP3 into that as well. So okay. the, there's going to be a lot of talk about DA and his usage. He wasn't being used correctly. He wasn't motivated to give his best. And in, in my opinion, when it came to playoffs, he turned into a little bitch. Um, and a lot of that had to do with the relationship with Monty and what CP3 did on the court, I think. And I don't, I don't believe too many of uh, the podcasters from Sunsland would disagree. They fixed that. So Monty's out. They've got a new coach in that uh, has a history working with, with centers. Uh, DA's got his bag. So I think that's the first problem that's fixed. And then Can second... Last year's with that bag and DA. You're, you're, you're entrenched in the Phoenix Suns world. Outside voices like myself and other ones, we hear about like DA effort and his attitude. Like, and he's even been quoted as saying, I just wanted to, like, I just wanted my first contract and then I'm cool. Do you think that is how much talk and him actually being like, okay, now I've got it, I've got to put in more work maybe for the next contract? You know what I mean? Like, what is that for? Let's call him a labor of love. You never want to okay. give up on your, your first round draft pick. It's your first, it's the first one they've had that you don't want to give up on your first round draft pick. All the potential that didn't happen with Dragon Bender. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's say first round, first, first number one pick. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. There we go. Um, the oh, Maddie, it's it it really is a labor of love. That's why I'm struggling to like talk about it. But you you get to this point with him where you're so frustrated. And I thought last year was going to be his breakout season. Now we're in the same fantasy pot, uh, same fantasy group, and this is going to be. bitch for me because we're giving away each other's secrets and you do oh you think that's show. a problem this is this is i'm doing this whole show i'm like i don't even i don't even know if i'm gonna play with the same dudes this year i just want to change my name i'm like oh yeah yeah i'm taking obi top and late as a flyer all of a sudden obi top is going like four rounds beforehand everyone's like messaging me like oh so you think obi yeah i think obi's gonna be a nice late round flyer all of a sudden he starts going uh, in the sixth round i'll be like you bastards can't get him in the eighth now. Every year I hold my secrets back from you because I know you're good and I've only beat you once. <laughs> so yeah, look, thank you. And you did. And it was a it was a tight year. But but the DA is like you you love to draft your Phoenix Suns because you are you love a homer pick. Like you're one of these yeah, guys in fantasy I, who, who love I, a homer pick. And I'm gonna tell you this year I'm not. Uh last year I took DA yeah. with my third pick. Yeah, you did. And you I did. I was looking for trades the whole season and no one would give me anything of value for nope. him. So nope. the, we, we, talk, we want to go back to the question was DA, and I think this year, and it's been said actually, especially Saul Bookman uh, said it on the PHNX uh, Suns pod, he said DA's out of excuses. 
Okay, he's got his he's bag. 100% he's got a excuses. new coach and he's got a new point guard or, or a guard yep. of distributing quality, if you don't want to call it a true point guard. Um, mm-hmm. There's no excuses this year for DA, but I also think there's a lot less pressure on him because of all the star power that's around him. So let's right. let's see what happens there. So at the end of the day last year, let's finish with their record. They were 45 and 37. We'll come to our predictions for them later on down there. Uh, points per game, they were 17th. This is a this is a team that should be considered an offensive juggernaut. When you think of not the guys who are on the screen right now putting in Bradley Beal, but you think Devin Booker, um, obviously Mikhail Bridges wasn't used as an offensive weapon like that he became in Brooklyn, but you bring in one of like the best five players arguably in the NBA in Kevin Durant this seven foot monster of a scorer, like one of the most elite scorers in NBA history. Of course, that's going to drive it up there. Your offensive rating at the end of the day was 14th overall for the season did show improvement to the sixth uh, towards the end of the trade after the trade deadline. And your defensive rating surprisingly was actually seventh and you didn't change after the trade deadline last year. uh, I'm pretty sure. Let me double check this. You actually went and you were tied for the seventh best beforehand with New Orleans. And then after the trade deadline, uh, you were actually tied for this. You were actually clearly the sixth best defense in the league. So, you, as you said, you brought in Frank Vogel, who was known you're, as a defensive coach as well. You're the one talking about well. defense, though. I, I just, before I we move too far off, you mentioned Mikael Bridges. So, with the did, Kevin Durant trade, Mikael Bridges and Cameron Johnson, Phoenix, Phoenix community call them the, the twins. They were the most yep. loved two players on the team. Uh, 100%. So, losing them hurt. What? So wait, real question, real question, real question. Do they love them more than Devin Booker? Real question. Is that true? No, is that a no, thing? No, no, no. Booker's king. Booker is king. So Booker's king. It's like Booker, Booker number one king. with the bullet, absolutely. but like the fan Booker favorites for those two guys. Booker is yep. absolutely right, cool. the franchise. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, but th- we, everyone in Suns community felt Mikael Bridges was robbed when Marcus Smart got Defensive Player of the Year. Honestly. Yeah. Not even just okay. not even just Homer Love. That was the belief. So when you're talking about yeah. defensive yeah. ratings for the Suns, that doesn't surprise us. Yeah, it doesn't. And the thing is this, they actually got better after the deadline, moving Mikhail Bridges out because low-key, I'm not even low-key, Kevin Durant's actually a really serviceable defender. Like he brings that length and athleticism. He has a very good yep. switchability. So you didn't really lose anything by way of that. So we'll get to some of those stats in a minute there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're a better team. We're looking at them that way. Have a look at the ins and outs, though, of this team. <laughs> Bringing in the, this is this slide usually fits everybody. We couldn't fit everybody on the outs, so we'll do that in another slide. Coming in, you've got Bradley, you've got Brad Beal, Shabezi Metu from the uh, Sacramento Kings, uh, KBD, Kata Bates Diop, who's already becoming a little bit of a fan favorite over there in Phoenix. Uh, he comes into you guys, uh, of course, from San Antonio. Yuta Watanabe, who's been brought across probably thanks to Kevin Durant, let's be fair. Hey, Yuta's so, yeah. pretty good. Yeah, let's bring him over. Jobs for mates. We, we love one of those. So Utah Watanabe on my wrist is there. Drew Eubanks <laughs> from the Portland Trailblazers. Eric Gordon from basically from Houston to the Clippers and then now in this home for a vet minimum. Saban Lee. Bol Bol has just recently signed in the past week. And your rookie draft pick, uh, Tumani Kamara. Uh, what do you like about the ads to your team? Let's talk about the Everything. ads. <laughs> Everything. Everything. Let, let like me, let's go Why are you hiring down, the ads? Right? Let's okay. go top down. You started this with the question, are the Suns better this year than last? And I said, absolutely. Yep. So mm-hmm. they, the new owner, Matt Ishbier, came in and took over from Rob Sava. Uh, he put the bucket in. He put his money literally where his mouth was and went at 100%. the biggest trades. He went for Kevin Durant. He, put he went for players on the NBA court. You couldn't shut the dude up. Matt Ishbier <laughs> came in and was like, 
Ishi, Ishi came in. I've got, to, I've got to show like mad respect. I like him. Love like him. I like that. Ad, I, I love him probably more than Mark Cuban. But like his, I love when, these. When he would just, not give that ball back to Joker, everyone would not give that it ball back. Great. Like, He's not, you're not getting. You're not getting a fast break from this. No way. No, it was. And he, and knew he, exactly knew he knew exactly when to flop. He knew exactly when to flop. He was a basketball player too. So what people don't know about Matt Ishbia is he actually used to play a little bit of hoops. So he's kind of, he's a bit savvy and he's a smart dude. That's why he owns a basketball team. So I think that was I think it was an awesome shout. I'm a, I'm a fan of Ishbia. So yeah, back to your guy Beal. So he's thrown the bag in. He's made the like it's a, it's a we're looking at a new car basically. You like Beal in the team, yeah? Yes, absolutely. You look at it from this angle though. The the, the reason we have Beal is because they were CP3 was done. That had to go, and uh, everyone agrees that we weren't going to get another better season, and we didn't want to repeat what was going on. So the only there, there weren't good offers for CP3 out there, and when Bradley Beal's name comes up for CP3, you just get it done, and he did. You did. He got it done, and since then, uh, and we'll probably get into positional um, lineups later, but the, all the releases from Suns Media are that Bradley Beal will be the point guard. So he's going to be point a guard, yeah. facilitating shooting guard at the point. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And then you look down the list, you've got a bunch of long dudes right here. Shabezi Metu, oh. uh, Kata Bates, Diop, Yuta oh, Watanabe. So you basically feel the whole team with six, eight, six, nine dudes. It's like playing a version of yeah. 2K. You've just put a whole like, bunch like, of guys yes. out there who can stretch the floor. It's literally a 2K team. Uh, Eric Gordon. was going to be a problem. Everyone was saying that the Suns can't, they have no money left to get depth. You, you've spent all your money on four players there's no room for depth. And then because of those four players, everyone came and signed one plus ones uh, for yeah. minimum contracts. And look at this depth. This is better than the depth we had last year. This, this is, is a better, this is a better depth on, on the depth chart. This is a, this is a lot better for you. hundred percent. You've, you've bought in Saban Lee. Bobo was one of your most recent ads and not making this list. You've brought in Abuki as well, as a, right? As He's a Buki, signed sorry. as a Buki, as a Buki. You, yeah. you bought Azza. Go to old mate Azza. Um, <laughs> shout out to our mate Aaron from fantasy, by the way. So he's in there as well. You look down this, it's it's deep. Um, obviously, this rings with so many people coming in. You look who's gone out. And that's basically anyone without a shoe deal. Um, because the, the only four players there, apart from one of them, has a shoe deal. You've got, you've got DeAndre with Puma, and you've got a couple of uh, Nike lads running around the place right there. Uh, all, all, your, all, your big money, all your big money dudes, as you said. So who were your outs, Nate? You got, I know you got to listen there's 10. There's 10 we, we kept Let's play players. a drinking game. For everyone, I take a sip from my foreign one. I'll just ramble off quickly the caps. So it was Booker, AD, Aiton, Ish Wainwright, Damian Lee, and Saban Lee mm-hmm. we kept. Um, these are in no particular order. Outs, Darius Baisley, Bismack Biombo, Tory Craig, Jock Landale, Chris Paul, Terrence Ross, Cam Payne, Landry Shamet, TJ Warren, and Dwayne Washington Jr. Now, Busy, Tory, and Jock are going to be missed. They were loved. Yeah. They were disappointments to let go. And being an Aussie Suns fans podcast, we always had a segment on uh, Jock Landale every week, and we called him. Jock He's got the bag. He he got the bag over oh, yeah. Houston. Good on for Jock. Like he he played he played meaningful yeah. minutes in the playoff series for you guys. He showed himself out him. to be a, a, like he showed himself to be a serviceable NBA player, just like all great like Aussie basketball players, like. To be honest, there's yep. been no superstar, superstar Australian 
basketball player, you would say? Like, I mean, Ben Simmons oh. was at that point and obviously has come back. I mean, who else? Ben Simmons at a point was the quote unquote best on the like, NBA all-star level guy. Yes, but all Aaron the other guys we've had, had a very good season with us. Aaron, Due to injury, he, did. he got lots of starts and he killed it. So. Yeah, but I wouldn't call him a superstar. No, no. You know no, what I mean? Like, Bainsy, not a superstar, but Bainsy's amazing. And I mean, in my head, like, I'm, he went down, obviously, back over in Tokyo. And that was a damn shame. And he's come back, he's played with the Bullets. And he's like, from, I would have well. loved to have seen, not very well, I would have loved to have seen him come back. And I would have loved to have seen Aaron Baines retain that form after going, like out of nowhere going down, come back and find it and be back on an NBA roster. But obviously Australia needed to find a new Bainesy. And we found Jock Landau. And he stretches the floor. He rebounds, like he's got guts. Like he just plays the game. And so him getting that Matt, deal you, over you and me shock play in Melbourne when we went down for we the exhibition game and yeah. we watched him play for the Australian team. And that was that was awesome. So it was it was yeah. great to see him on the team. He's gonna be missed. The Jockadale Dundee is gonna be missed. I'll tell you one player Aww. that's not gonna be missed. One player that's not Dwayne gonna Washington be missed. Jr. No, Landry Shemmett. Everyone <laughs> hated Landry Shemmett. He was a waste of thirteen million dollars. And to see him go out the door with CP three for Bradley Beal, everyone was just Yes, you basically that's picked that's up. That's you basically picked up five better basketball players for the same price tag. Like to be much. fair, <laughs> you, if you look if you look at the vet minimums that you've signed, you basically replaced the Landry Shamit with five better guys and probably yeah. five nicer looking dudes as well. Because only a mother could love the face of Landry Shamit. Um, looking at your <laughs> season last year, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, look, we love you, Landry. We don't love you. Uh, we don't even like you, most likely. Um, anyway, look, we're looking at the 23-24 season ahead. Before we get to that, we're yep. having a bit of a 22-23 review, and this was an absolute bastard of a uh, of a chart to put up. Because of all the people out, this isn't looking at the stats from one team per se. In fact, this is a mixed match of everything else that they got from their respective teams last year. Um, what we have right here on the Insight Fantasy podcast for this preseason is we've basically got all of the data from last year. We're looking at their fantasy rank where they finished, looking at where they were drafted, their ADP from last year, and basically their statistical profiles. What you'll notice on the left for those watching on YouTube or for you listening at home, what we'll describe as our symbols. So we've got a, a plus symbol, meaning we'll see increased return or increased value from last year, possibly. Down value from where they were last year, their rank-wise, ADP-wise, equal value to where they were, or something could go either way. Now, this is something that we're trying to do without sharing it with our people on air. I put these together off my gut thoughts and I'm not, I'm, a, I'm unsettled with the Phoenix Suns. This is, I even said to my partner, I said to her, I was like, mate, Bob, I do not know what's up or down with the Phoenix Suns this year because of how deep the roster is and the changes. So we'll talk you through them. We've got Bradley Beal down on last year, Devin Booker about equal value. Jordan Goodwin, up value. Eric Gordon, up value. Akogi Watanabe, Kevin Durant, Yes, Kevin Durant and Drew Eubanks all being down on where they were last year. Equal value, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, uh, and could go either way is Kata Bates-Diop. Now, the tough one here, and this is my argument, and I would love, let's debate KD first. I see KD being down on last year for a couple of reasons. One, last year, he finished it with an overall fantasy rank of three. After the trade deadline, I've got it here, he was the 13th ranked player. So straight away, his ADP was eight. He was worse at the end of the season from where he was taken at the beginning of the season and his fantasy rank. Now, that doesn't mean I don't think KD is a great pickup. This doesn't mean that I don't think KD is a bad player. This doesn't mean that I think KD is not top five basketball players in the NBA. 
but it is me saying that Kevin Durant will not return the third best value in the NBA fantasy season in the 23-24 season. So therefore, his value is down. Whether it's 12th, 15th, or 18th, it's still down on that last year, you know, being picked in the the eighth pick, him and being in Brooklyn, and him finishing third before the deadline, like overall, but obviously 13th after the deadline. Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I insane? Well, it's your opinion. Um, it's my opinion. I mean, so you see him being better. So if you, okay, how's this? I, I, I've drafted him in my first round before. I would yep. not do that this year. So there's probably validity to what you're saying. As far yep. as fantasy stats go, it's going to be a different um, a different weight for him. Uh, even and we'll get to those weights in the next one. Looking at, looking at his three-point percentage, though, moving from Brooklyn to yep. Phoenix, his three-point percentage went up 15%. He went from 37% in Brooklyn. Now, great small sample size and all that of eight games. But he shot 53% from three in the yeah, Phoenix system. He was so an absolute torch. The system is going to be different. And him, yeah. and him and Booker are going to be the centerpieces of that juggernaut again. And yeah, you saw 100%. what that could look like in the, in the playoffs. So this is where we're talking about Booker. Because you've just brought him in. And this is where I see him being around equal value. In fact, I can probably change that to better value. After the trade deadline last year, Devin Booker in 23 games played was the 19th best player. His ADP last year was 18. You know what? I should change that to a plus. I'm going to give him, I'm going to say he's better than last year because his fantasy rank overall was 26. But then again, no, he's going to be equal. No, no, I'm not going to change it, Nate. He's going to be equal because this was also down the stretch without Kevin Durant. He had to have an improved role. Therefore, his value, like therefore, his overall points per game went up. Like he went up to twenty nine points a game from twenty three points. Uh, so he went up to twenty nine points a game from twenty seven. Um, he went one point eight threes per game. So he was down a little bit on his three point percentage afterwards. But he had a really increased field goal percentage last year. So down the stretch, he moved from four ninety four to yeah five nineteen from the field. So I see him being around equal value as a third round option this year. So early in your third rounds, you'll probably get Devin Booker and he'll probably return you that value at the end of the day. Let, let's 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 group KD and Booker into one conversation then. If you're going to talk about the negatives first, yep. it's games played. So yep. oh, there was a, a total games played for KD last year was 47. Booker's games mm-hmm. played were 53. Now you yep. want to see more of that this, this season. You don't want to see those same kind of injuries and outs and it's all right, we'll just coast in the playoffs. We don't need to finish one or two in the West. We can finish four as we did and still do and the just lot coast along. Did. So the yeah. negative is we want to see more games played out of them. The positive yeah. is definitely the system and you talk about Booker being a sideways bet. So if I'm, I'm going to go and refer to some of the other positives. I think he's equal uh, value. I don't think he's so, I don't think he's sideways. I think he's equal to where he was roughly last year. I think he's going a to, look. I think he slips from second round value into third round value. Basically, well, he was the like. I think he's look beginning of second round. I see him going. I see him being around the same as he was last year. Like you're 100 percent on his his three point percentage went up in that system. He, he, he scores you. Like, we'll get to it in the next slide. Like, the man offers some really good, but he doesn't offer me anything super, super elite apart from points per game. And he's probably going to be down on his... Look, I see him possibly getting more assists this season as a second playmaker in your system off Bradley Beal. So then they could even take turns because we were all thinking, well, like, when Chris point Paul book. went, point, point book. So if we see a bit more of a return of point book, he could actually be giving you some more of that. Like, he gets you a steal a game, but I don't see him getting into the like first round. 
or well, let, like let me give you some comments on that. No, I think, and that's the problem. I think he's actually going to drop to the second round. But yep. let's let's look at some of the comments I got from the other the podcasts. So, Justin um, Atso says Jay is from Fanning the Flames pod. He yep. said uh, when I asked the question, "Do you have a must-have or a first or second um, round pick? What who would you take?" Uh, from the Suns, and he said, definitely Devin Booker. He's going to be up in efficiency and assists. So going to that point book thing yeah. you were talking about, that's yeah, I think that's where John yeah. John so Voida, just... at Darth Voida, who runs the Suns Jam session and he's the editor for Bright mm-hmm. Side of the Sun. He yeah. uh, pending his draft pick, he said he'd take KD or Book, but Book was again his primary pick for um, the, the team going forward this season. You've and can got, I just shout uh, out on that one for one second? I've got to shout out to the bright side of the sun. Like they are an amazing like group of Phoenix Suns fans and people who are fans of your team and their content online. I've even used that to reference in research for this one. It's a great community um, on SB Nation. So if you're not part of that, jump on the bright side too. of the sun. He's, he's amazing. Uh, so definitely check out. The, yeah. Shout out to him because yeah, those blokes, Dave King over there do a, do a really good job. Well, that's what I was going to say. You got to, you got to give love to Dave King because he started Bright Side of the Sun. It was his baby, yep. uh, and yep. he he did the Solar Panel podcast. Now he's he stopped his podcast and he's actually handed over the editorial and management of Bright Side of the Sun to John Voida from Suns Jam Session. Uh, so yep. that's at Darth Voida for those that want to follow. But yeah, uh, John's now uh, running all the content for Bright Side of the Sun, and Dave's taken a step back. Um, yep. Dan Duarte does Fanning the Flames with Justin. Uh, he also does Coast to Coast pod with Flex, who breaks a lot of the yep. uh, Suns trade trade news. He said Devin yep. Booker as well. Um, he basically said from this season, he's anticipating more games played and he's a stat stuffer. So it's not he just is, uh, yeah. the, the efficiencies across the, the board. And even Gavin um, from our Aussie Suns fans that runs that, he, he said originally he didn't really have a must-have from the Suns in the first round. Yep. But his hot take was Devin Booker is going to be a top five fantasy player by the end of this season. So what? on that, on that, I know they, oh, we love a hot take, and they like the, we love like, a hot take. Hot, 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 but yeah, he hot, said hot, Devin Booker is going to be a top five. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> he reckons he's going to rise in steals and assists because of the uh, improved efficiency with KD around him for a full season. Okay. So, look, let's say that profile's out and that shakes out because that is a really real path. Look, let me bring my notes up. After the, after the trade deadline last year for Devin Booker, his efficiency went up. He was at 519 from the floor, uh, 865 from the line, 1.83, 29 points a game, 4.4 rebounds, 5.5 assists, and 1.1 steals. So, yeah, you're right. If you look at that, it's improved. Field goal percentage is up. Free throw percentage, up. Steals, only up 0.1. Assists were around about the same for him at the end of the day. Uh, his minutes were up slightly. He went up to he crept up to 35 minutes a night. It, it, look, he's an exceptional basketball player. But at the end of the day, so am I saying that he's the first round pick? last year, though, CP3 absorbed a lot of the assists because that was his job. The floor That's general, he's assist king, and he was averaging so many a game. Those, those assists have to go somewhere. And Bradley Beal is right. not going to dish as many as CP3. So they're, they're, they're likely going to land with Booker. All right, fine. I am looking, if I have an early pick in the, if I have an early pick in the draft, so if I pick up pick three, four, or five in a draft, I am definitely looking at Devin Booker if he is there in my third round early. I'm, I would like to third pick him round. up there. No, I, yeah, because oh, the this is the whole thing. Hold on. <laughs> no, it's not disrespectful because I'm trying to get value. I mean, 100%, I would draft him back on the turn in the second round. 
But if I can let him go six picks and grab like someone who's going to give me some more, you know, let's see if I can get someone. I don't want to say who I'm picking in my second round because I've got a bit of a, I know I'm not going to get the first pick this year. I, I, I cannot get the first pick again this year. So I know I'm going to be picking later. I would like my second pick because I really value my second pick because that's where I decide with who I get, where I can turn my next, especially like last year, you know me, when I have the number one pick, I like a hundred percent. It's Nikola Jokic. But last year I was like, what do I feed with that? I feed assists and rebounds and good field goal percentage early on. And then I add my three pointers in. So last year I picked up Joker. I picked up Sabonis on my third round. I picked up Cade Cunningham who went down. So I had to pick and drop him out, Killian Hayes in, and then stream assist throughout the year. I had to trade to get DR and Fox in my team, but his free throw percentage was down. I like to be tactical well, like that. You robbed I did that well trade. with that. <laughs> no, no, who are, no, no. I gave up when a, a returning to form Chris Middleton down the stretch, someone else just for De'Aaron Fox. And it was a decent player. I can't remember who it is. I think I won it. But De'Aaron Fox, though, cooks your free throw percentage at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And okay. so for me, that's, that's where Devin Booker doesn't. So if I can pick him up, again, 26 value last year overall, 19th after. So that's what I'm saying. If I can get him in the third round with about the 26 pick where he finished last year, for me, that's a win. And we'll touch on very soon, like the, the first mock draft that was done of the year um, over at Roto Wire with our, a bunch of experts. Too, and I don't, you probably know better than this that all the, the fantasy drafts, our group seems to draft early. They, they pick guys early. So, I mean, I took, I took Devin Book with my number one pick uh, last year. You did. And then you I did. ended up taking um, uh, Trey Young uh, with my second. But you did. The, I, I, I'll tell you this year, I will not be taking a Phoenix Sun in the first round. And I'll see like what's that. there. Look, those guys are obviously the centerpieces, the Phoenix Suns. That's what we're talking about in the most right now. But what I want to talk about is your fringe guys here. I want to talk about the guys who are down in value and why. Only because at the end of the day, and we'll get to a couple of these, including Bradley Beal later. So we're going to touch on it. We'll just touch on them now. Down value for Beal, obviously just because he's not the guy anymore. Simply put, he is not the man. He could see improved efficiency. He could prove everything else. That's great for Bradley Beal. But he probably will be down on being the 38th player because a lot of his, uh, I won't say value, but a lot of his uh, worth was based on how many points a game that he had. He had a great season from the field last year. He had a really good season from the field last year. Like over 500 is fantastic for Brad Beal. Love that. He hits his free throws at a respectable clip. He gets your assists. But he was the 38th ranked player over day. And we see him probably in the 40s or 50s this year. And again, we'll get to that. Josh Okogie, he's out. Um, He's out of his minutes, possibly. So we're going to see him interchangeable. And we'll talk about that in the starting five. You, you to what, Nabi? He could be – I just think he's down with his minutes. Like he had 18 minutes a game last year overall for the season. We'll find out about him. Down is Kevin Durant, obviously, from that high pick. And Drew Eubanks, this is where I, I think he could be up, depending on what happens, but he's down overall. Equal value, DeAndre Ayton. You've made his argument. Shabezi Metsu, well, though. What do you, yeah, go, go on. Oh, do you want to talk about DeAndre? Because there's um, the – I've just got a couple of points from uh, – so Jake Brogner, yeah. he's uh, at Fallen Founder. We call him Pod Slut mm-hmm. because he basically just freelances at all the fun pods. Um, he actually had DeAndre Ayton for his first pick. Now, he didn't say in the first round, but he said he would be the first Phoenix Sun that he took in a fantasy. He did follow by saying he's really shit at fantasy. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, and, I, I can uh, guess you could. I guess you could hold it, but that's 
But that could be seen as a value thing because you know that obviously Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton are going to fly off the board early. So you're probably not keen to take them and, and lose value. So a smarter choice could be to pick up later DeAndre Ayton. Like I, I see the merit in it, but definitely you'd, if you had a, an early pick, take one of the other two blocks. My, my first response to DeAndre Ayton is once bitten, twice shy. Um, he, he caved my season last year, so I'm not going to do it again. That's just someone else can have him. I don't care how good he is, ends up. Someone else can have him. And, and John Voyer, yeah, again, um, Sun's Jam Session and Brightside actually had him as um, a flyer pick. So depending on where he falls based on people's opinions. Um, so this is where I think he's equal. I, I, think, I think this is where he's equal value. And that's, that's a great point you bring thanks to Voyer. The first mock draft of the year, we're referencing this a lot because we love the early intel that it gave us from Alex Baratha and the NBA.com and the Rotowire lads. There was a bunch of experts put together for their first mock. DeAndre Ayton was taken with the 90th pick in that draft now that's late that's late for him like his adp last year was around 61 in fact on one of the major ones on the attic there um thanks to rotowire he actually was well outside that he returned the 52nd rank value so i see him possibly if he falls he could actually be a cheeky pickup if he's still there in the 70s i am taking him because he has an exceptional pick and roll game they're going to probably still do that again he's decent in the mid-range he loves to get close to the bucket they don't offer floor spacing with him, like 0.13s a game. Like he used to shoot the ball. He probably wants to shoot more, but he just doesn't hasn't shown that as a player. So for me, DeAndre Ayton could return around equal value to last year, but you could get him late. So that's a bit could be a bit of a smoky pick. If DeAndre Ayton is randomly sitting in your draft in the 70s or 80s and he's having a solid preseason doing similar minutes, look, here's a hot take. If DeAndre Ayton in the preseason, his usage is around the same, his minutes are around the same. His points are around 16. He's getting a similar field goal percentage, a similar free throw percentage, similar rebounds, similar assists to what you're seeing on that screen right there. Take him because he's going to return the same value at the end of the day for you than you know you can get and you won't be able to get that much later in your draft. Like to get that at number 90 is a massive pickup, to be fair. Like like that's a massive double-double late in your draft if you're picking him up at number 90. So picking him up in the 60s or 70s, definitely the 70s is an absolute steal. Let's talk about this, the starting five, because we were on that you a minute ago and how they Medu like, before. I'm curious why. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I just I just see him as a role player in this team. I'm just very curious to see what he does and the and and the, and the way they roll it out. Like I'm just curious with how KBD and Shabezi pops in and what it does to Josh Kogi. Like minutes. you said, he's gonna be a solid role player. He's gonna fit a yeah. great second unit. He's I don't think he's yeah. gonna provide any fantasy value whatsoever. Oh no. There's no fantasy relevance. No. I'm just interested to see what they do. Because, right. again, Kevin Durant's been much maligned with injuries. So I think when they can, if they're, if they're off the gate with this team, look, take Kevin Durant off your team. Phoenix Suns, see you later. Piss off, Kevin Durant. You're done. You're out? Cool. Bradley Bill, Devin Booker, Josh Okoge, Shabezi Metu, DeAndre Ayton. That sounds like an NBA team. But that does not sound like an NBA team that could win a few games. Yeah, I think, I think it's just they're letting Medu compared to what other talents have been brought in. Oh, no, I'm just throwing him out there as a name. Like, putting KBD. Fine. Shabezi out, if, KBD in for a game. You put three names up there. You've got KBD, you've got Shabezi, um, yep. uh, Medu, and then you've got yep. Watanabe. Yeah, you what the Sun Society is like, no, no. Everyone's on Watanabe at the moment. Everyone's loving Yuta. Oh, I don't I would, I would not put that as my depth chart. I'm just putting those the names out there who are going to be serviceable because you didn't have that last year. You didn't have that depth yeah. last year. 
So for me, it's about your depth now. And Kevin Durant could easily rest. Like I don't, I see a pathway where this could be not a rest season or you, you get injury management games for KD. But now I certainly believe that Phoenix has more of an opportunity to do that than they have previously with the depth that you've got in that small forward, power forward position. Minutes so if you look back at this. It's going to be interesting to watch this season. It really is because you look at this small forward, power forward spot. So basically you could roll Josh Okogie as a, as a small forward. Yudawat Nabi, Shabezi Medu, uh, Keita Bates-Diop. Look, even Bob, throw, throw Bob ball, ball in there for 10 minutes a game. You know what I mean? Don't he, do that. You could don't do that. They, they they could, but they could. This is the thing. You've got him on the team. He's getting paid some money. You could throw him in there, but you've got other guys to take that all away from KD. Um, and we'll get to another one of our guys, our Smokey for Jordan. Good one up there if he gets some minutes. But very easy. We think this could be the starting five. So Josh Kogi, this is the one for us. We have him as a placeholder only because of I've chosen him in my starting five because he was in the team last year and it's continuity. So you could he could be replaced yeah, by as you base. said. This is a healthy this, debate. This is the debate. KBD or Josh Okogie. And I yep. don't, like I said, we spoke yesterday just briefly about this, and I, I don't think there's going to be an answer until the season starts. I think preseason they will try all 100%. the lineups. Um, yeah, uh, Josh Okogie deserves it uh, based on what he did last year. And, look, I, I, I am a big fan of Josh Okogie as soon as – because of the effort he puts in. He is yep. the 2023 or 22-23 Dan Marley Hustle Award winner. And you know yeah. I'm a Mali fan. You know I watch. I love the the Mali Award. Under Dan, and that is an effort the amount award. of waitress the amount of waitresses that you have hit on at Mali's Bar in Phoenix has to be an all time record. Like there should be a plaque of you. There should be a plaque of you on the back on the wall there. Is there is there a plaque of you somewhere on long enough? When you drink somewhere long enough, people assume that just because you're talking to waitresses, you're hitting on them. <laughs> okay, we've been to Hooters way too many times in our younger years. To I know exactly how you are at bars. I know exactly how you are at sports. Come on, bars. I'm old now. I'm old now, bro. Come on. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> all right, all right. Now, talk, talk to us about this all-time leader. So I know that there's a, a debate in the Suns community about it right now. I'm putting him there only because of his continuity with the team last year and there being so, so much newness around the Suns. I put Josh Kokogi in there. But as you can see, he doesn't profile. So obviously the dark green are elite. Uh, lime green, uh, very good. Green is good. And red is not so good at the game of basketball. Or good at the game of basketball, just not anything that's going to bring you. Josh Kogi doesn't do anything good. But he does play good defense. He doesn't show up in the counting stats. But his body, his switchability with the team is proven. His switchability, his versatility as a defender, and his ability to put his body, his athleticism in front. We've, we've spoken about this already. Being a good defender doesn't translate to being fantasy relevant, basketball, defensive exactly. stats-wise, but it does translate to you being very competent and getting paid millions of dollars to do your job and stop dudes from scoring basketball. So this is where I put his, him in that lineup. And his defense yep. make this a great team, but yep. it does not translate to fantasy stats, like you said. And last year, you got a spot-up shooter on the outside if Booker's cooking or Kevin Durant's cooking by the name of Chris Paul, who wasn't that great in the role. Bradley Beal is probably a much more serviceable basketball player in that regard, you would say. Um, like, he's, he doesn't need to say, space the same way, I guess. Uh, you want to talk about outside spacing? Like, this is where when Kevin yeah. Durant came in and Josh Okogi was the, the other starter. The idea was Kogi would be free in the corner because of double teams because you double team one other son because you've got three or four, you've got a double team. Uh, that yep. leaves Kogi open. It made us very nervous because his, his three-point percentage was 
up and down through the year. Now he steadied so out. And he had a better he had a better better end of season. He finished at thirty three, um, yep. but thirty three and a half overall. If, if forty nine percent for the career though isn't strong. No, but if if this you're talking about the starting five now, this is where the conversation yep. comes in about is there a better spot up three point shooter to take the starting role and have Josh Okoge coming off the bench. And this is where it's going to be hard to pick between, I think, Josh, KBD, and Yuta Watanabe for that spot based on what they want. And they're not going to announce it until we've drafted. Everyone in Fantasy League is going to have drafted by the time this gets announced. So I think those three names might either go late or be available on wires. And as you can see right now, there's no relevancy to these guys. So the only four relevant basketball players in the Phoenix Suns for your fantasy season, immediately speaking, based on a 12-team league, like 12 or 14 players, really are Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Ayton. Because after your draft, you're going to probably be able to find a Smokey or a pickup really easily from the Phoenix Suns because of their depth. And also because... Oh, I can't wait to do that. But this is how we see it. Like, I'm sure of it. Oh, we'll get to it in a second. Look, mate, this is the thing. So as we said, we said there's a minute split of Palooza at small forward and power forward. And we really just want to see where that shakes out at the end of the day there in Phoenix. Uh, could see stretches where KD rolls into the five. Now, I've just been looking around your lineup. I can, I would love to see some small ball Kevin Durant five, much like LeBron did with LA last year where he put in the five when AD went down. I think Phoenix now has this flexibility in the role to play KD in small space at the five and just stretch the floor and run a really quick pace of basketball. That would be really exciting to watch. Um, I think if you're a Suns fan, I think you'd really like to see that at the end of the day. I think we'll see it. I don't think we'll see it for long stretches based on the, the, see... the moves. So we've got yeah. DeAndre Ayton, Drew Eubanks, Bol Bol, and Azubuki. We've got mm. four bigs. Yeah. And all our other forwards are 6'8 to 6'11-7-whatever you want to call Kevin Durant. So... I, no. I don't think they'll risk his health getting bashed up at the center for long stretches, but I no. do see the excitement in what you're saying. If they run a small ball with him at, at five. Yeah. yeah. Just even for a short spate in time, I'd love to see a lineup. If you get out there, could you imagine a small lineup of Jordan Goodwin, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, uh, Kate Bates, Diop and Kevin Durant. That'd I be mean, kind of fun. I, I, I don't know if I'd want Jordan Goodwin in that scenario. If you want fun. Uh, I just want I just want any small guy. Give me give me something else there. Look, you can even just go Beal, Beal, Booker, Beal, Booker, uh, Akogi, KBD. Look, yeah, just throw KBD in there and put DeAndre Ayton on the bench. That's fine there. Now, look, isn't Ayton trade still a possibility? This is the question I've got to ask because we spoke about this early on in the pod. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, is there still a chance that he gets traded? Because as we touched on, if it was a Monty Williams and it was a CP3 problem in Phoenix uh-huh. and that was having the impact straight away, I've got to be like, no, actually, no. It's like the Taylor Swift song. I'm the problem, it's me. Uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton could be the anti-hero. He could be, he could be the Taylor Swift in the situation. DeAndre Ayton could be the problem here. If he is the problem, do the Suns be like, it's that guy. Here's the problem, it's him, and he's out the door. Is that a possibility still in PHX land? I, I think it is. Um, right. based on what we well, everything looks on paper like we're done we can't make any more moves there's no more f- salary cap flexibility uh, but yeah. we keep hearing rumors that Ishbia said I'm not done yeah you he know, said that a lot there's there's nothing uh, he likes to talk a game the thing is the thing is he likes to talk a game and I love this but then he backs it up 
So you've got to think oh, it's yeah. like real, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. He backs it up. But that's why I'm saying he, he keep, we keep hearing that he's saying, I'm not done. Um, or we're not done uh, so that James yeah. Jones doesn't get upset about his role. But uh, we'll talk about that in a second, only, too. The only thing left we've got to trade is Aiton's contract. Um, and I don't know if he says we're not done as in by start of season, start of training camp, or if he's if there's any questions about Aiton by the trade deadline. I think they definitely shop yeah. him. Yeah, okay. Cool. I, 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 I'm just I, I, thinking him finally be what we all thought he could be, and this becomes the juggernaut that we all hope. Or he breaks your heart, like you said, like your first love. I'm sick of that. Shout, that, sick of that. shout got, out to those one girls. Who's I'm done with him. <laughs> there you go. I'm just saying, shouting out to all those girls whose names I know, whose hearts you've broken, just much like DeAndre Ayton <laughs> can break yours. My, 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 much uh, respect to that one. Um, every DA's on there. I could, I could, damn, we go deep. 30 years will do some names to you. I'm telling you now. Uh, the impact of health. We, you touched on this and I love that. Kevin uh, Kevin Durant, you had that there. Games played last year. Go on, shoot. How many was that? 50, you said? Uh, 47 total. So 47, 47. Eight in Phoenix. Yep. Devin Booker. 53. There you go. Magic game. How many did Bradley Beal play last season? Oh, let me set. Oh, only 50. There you go. So the big question is here, the impact of health and what it has on Phoenix. This could be another year where we're really primed for an outrageously good Phoenix Sun season and we get disappointed only because of the, I have the red flag on Kevin Durant, not because I don't, I actually love Kevin Durant. I just love his ego, his attitude. Everything about him is just pure baller. Like I love that he's been talking about Devin Booker for years. Then he's gotten into a situation with the guy who he respects and wants to play ball for. I love that they got Brad Beal in here. There's a that whole team USA connection with them and the, and the camps. Like, I love that about him. I just want to see right, him healthy. Right. Because you don't want to see anyone injured in the NBA. It's like when we say these things as podcasters or analysts or we look at this, we don't want anyone to not be healthy. Like, we wish, like, I want Victor Oladipo to come back because you don't want to see someone get injured and not play the game of basketball that they love and they do and they're passionate about. And that's especially Lonzo the case Ball. with Kevin Durant. Lonzo Ball, like, huge disappointment. Not because we don't like the dude, just because he's injured and that sucks. Kevin Durant, we want to see healthy because an elite, an elite operating fully healthy Kevin Durant is an absolute, just an absolute smoke show on this team for you. So that's a big one there, which brings us now to our watch this space guys, because if he goes down and someone who could be possibly more reliably healthy on your team is back, we've got Bradley Beal. Now, Bradley Beal, we're going to look at two things with Bradley Beal real quickly here. Well, not real quickly. We'll have a chat. We'll see where it is. Um, Bradley Beal at rank number 38 last year. There's his stats. So let's say Bradley Beal didn't exist as an NBA player, as we know him. Uh, and he was just as competent or as capable in some ways as a guy called Chris Paul. Chris Paul last season finished as the 48th ranked player, 32 minutes a game, 13 points a game, 1.73s, 440 from the field. So you can see that Beal's field goal percentage has increased. Beal has a better free throw percentage. Beal gets less rebounds than the little fella CP3. That's weird. Assists, obviously, Chris Paul is elite. 8.9 dots a game. Steals, Chris Paul's up at 1.5. Uh, Beal gets you more blocks. Um, and your turnovers, that should not have been 33.6. There is no way there that I put that number in. <laughs> I can, and I can absolutely tell you that it was 2.9, and I don't know what I put in there instead. might have been a use. Oh, it was the minutes played per game. Bugger me sideways and call me spanked. That should be – it was 2.9 turnovers a game. I want to go back to your comment on rebounds, though, being weird. It's not actually weird to see CP3 getting more boards than um, 
than Brad Beal. If you looked at the Suns system, watch the way the games are played, CP3 positions himself so that he is open for boards to bring the ball straight up. It happens all yep. the time. You just see they, they just balls. Just, the ball just comes to him. It's not like he actually jumps. I don't think I've ever seen him jump to get a rebound. It's just there and it comes to his hands. So you know me, I love a rebound. We've played basketball together for like thirty years. Mm-hmm. I'm bigger than Chris Paul. If yes. I could get four point, if I could get four point three rebounds, I put shoes on. I might court. be bigger than Chris Paul. <laughs> and I'm not tall. <laughs> I would love to play an NBA game and get four point three rebounds. Be like, oh, I got four point three rebounds in a game. Did nothing else. Shit efficiency. But look at me. I caught the basketball, but it bounced off the rim a few times. Um, look, looking. This is what we're trying to do as a bit of a compare and contrast exercise. Could Bradley Beal return to you the same value in your fantasy season this year that Chris Paul did last year? Now, we messaged, uh, mentioned that Alex Baratha um, preseason draft before. Uh, Bradley Beal went 55th in that one. Um, improved efficiency last season. He's an upgrade of C3P, uh, CP3 by way of spacing and attack. And he has that Team USA history and playing in a system already with Book and Durant through those warm-ups right there. So he comes into this. Now, if he's going to pick 55 in this preseason draft, the thing is hesitancy. Hesitancy can give you value in your NBA fantasy draft because we, we don't know. It's like we're all scared of what we don't know. We're living in caves. We don't know what Bradley Beal represents as the point guard of the Phoenix Suns. But he could represent the 48th best, 45th best, 40th best value at the end of the day. Last year, he was the 38th best value doing what he did there. With an improvement of assists, an improvement of steals and focused on defense, keeping similar efficiency because of the amount of looks that he can get in a team with two incredible options in Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, he could be better than the 38th pick. He's gone as the 55th pick in a mock. You could probably pick him up anywhere from 40 to 50. Do you take him in the early fourth round, late third round? Yes or no, Nate? I would go yes. Um, And I'm going to quote Jake here as well, at Fallen Founder, um, Podslug. Um, he had Brad Bill as his flyer. <laughs> he, he had Brad Bill as his, yep. as his flyer. Um, so yep. um, he, he said that based on uh, a increased assist from the rollers uh, facilitator and open shots based on Booker and KD around him. So it's going to be a different game from Bill, but Bill's not a superstar because he's not great. <laughs> so he, he can change his role and provide value. Yeah. And I think it's just, it, the box is going to look a little different, but if, if you get him, like you said, fourth round, it's going to be hard to say no. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's going to be hard to say no. It's like one of those guys who's just there in your fantasy drafting. Like, like, do I, do I take him? He's available. And you probably will say yes. I actually should have run. You know what I might do? I might just post it up on Twitter. Actually, I will do it. I'm going to post it on Twitter afterwards or on the social. So make sure you follow me at NBA Wiz. I'm going to blend these two stats together and actually find an average. Because if you could find the average between these two guys and where it profiles out, you're probably looking at someone about the same value of where it goes between your rankings. And if you can pick him up, he went in this one at 55, which just tells me that people are scared to draft him because they don't know yet. Now that will change come the preseason. They might showcase him a couple of times or they might be like, look, we're someone, we're, you don't want to fuck with us. Like, welcome to Phoenix. We're coming for the ring. You know, we're coming for the bag. We're coming for everything this season. Every team in the league knows Phoenix is going for the ring. You don't make Every these big does. swings and throw the luxury tax out the door just for, for not going Luxury tax? What luxury tax? Which, but that's, that's only the second tier of luxury tax we've hit. <laughs> How many more can we get? 
<laughs> Matt Ishbia said, right. how many tiers are there? It's like watching a wedding cake. Matt Ishbia is like, like one, two, three. Who are the two people on top? How much do I have to pay to be those people? And he's doing it every single time. Um, we love that for Bradley Beal. So right here, watch this space for Bradley Beal. Because again, if people in your draft are scared of him and he's still there in the 50s, oh, you're grabbing him. Absolutely grab Bradley Beal anywhere from 50 on. I 100% think there could be a return on him. Because again, Devin Booker, he got injured last season. One of the most injury plague seasons he's had, fair. So let's say he's back to normal. But Kevin Durant hasn't had an injury-free season now in a few. So they're going to have to do some heavy lifting at times. And if that falls to Bradley Beal to do some heavy lifting, he's going to obviously increase that value if he can keep similar efficiency from last year. Guarantee they will, give, they will, they will share the love on that one. So this is back to our um, previous um, chat on our old mate, uh, mm-hmm. DeAndre Aiden. Let's say he does get moved and you don't pick up a center in the trade. Drew Eubanks has come on in and he is an absolute serviceable NBA big. In fact, um, as a starter, he averages 26 minutes a game, 10 points a game. He's basically, if, if he improved his rebounding, he could get a double-double threat. He is he's, he's very serviceable. He's had the game. He's shown us flashes. I, I, I was so devastated to see Jock Landau go, but I have to be the first yep. to admit this is an upgrade. This is an upgrade. Yeah. I, I, I don't think by way of spacing, I think by this, because of the spacing that they have in the Suns, I don't think they oh, need it necessarily. Oh, this really? guy is a three-point just... shooter. This guy is a three-point shooter. He's super mobile. He is a nice block shooter. king. He chases down blocks with, with passion. So you're, you're getting a little bit out of every part of a game with this guy. This is why I said to you before, like this is, this is my guy to watch uh, because this he guy? does a little bit of everything. And he just watch his highlight reels. You, you, it's amazing to see how far he will move out of the key. He can hit a three. He'll he run get, back in. He, he gets 0.13s a game. He gets like he doesn't profile for me stats, much as a three point stats, and, and that's where the, the downside comes in is the inconsistency. The risk of it's him the, is the inconsistency of games. He's going to pull some really good ones out. He's going to pull some really average ones out. Um, I'll put some I've, really I've good ones out. From, <laughs> the inconsistency is going to be the frustrating part here, but yep. he can produce. Look, and, he and can right, produce it. He is definitely, if, if DA is uh, out for a game for some reason or whatever other reason, let's say he smokes weed again for, and loses 20 games, he, this is the guy that's going to be starting for the team. 100%. And he's definitely a stream target if minutes are there for those field goal percentage, rebounds and blocks. Look, I personally wouldn't put anything in there by way of, you know, three-pointers. But steals, 0.7 as a starter and 1.1 in... 26 minutes. If that creeps up to 30 and he gets you another block or half a block, you're looking over two point. You're looking over a couple of stocks a game, and you like that. You really like that. He doesn't turn the ball over much, but his field goal percentage is absolutely brilliant. He stat pads. He could be a double double every single game in that role. And in a Phoenix Suns team, which is going to throw up a lot of shots from the outside, he's a presence near the rim who we definitely think you should watch as a stream target. If DeAndre Ayton is down, he goes out for any sustained period does drugs again and gets suspended um, or obviously is shredded off the block and not does drugs. Sorry. Has an accidental ingestation of something he shouldn't have to gain muscle mass. Not a drug, just a bad choice. DeAndre make better ones. Point of your story is this guy is going to slide. This guy is going to be at the bottom in the last rounds that you're picking. And it is definitely worth 
taking a flyer on. This is this is the guy that I wrote down for taking a, fly, a flyer on. Yeah, this uh, is this is your last draft. round. You draft down. There's four there's four picks left in your draft. Oh, you don't know. Second, you haven't second or third last round. I'd take this one. There you go. You can pick him up very easily, but definitely will be a stream target as a flyer in the last round if he's there on the bench. Uh, and again, if he's not, if he's not, if he's not taken. You'll be able to pick him up, but you're going to have to run to your waiver wire because he will be a very incredibly serviceable uh, center and backup option to DA. This goes to another serviceable point guard if we do have a similar season. Let's say worst case scenario. This is, you know, chicken little, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And Devin Booker's, uh, Devin Booker's going down again and Bradley Beal's going down again. Who do you have as a point guard left on your basketball team, Nate? We, this is it. We don't have any point guards. Jordan Goodwin is the only <laughs> point guard on the team. <laughs> he's literally the team. only point guard on the he's team. The only, he's the only point guard on the team. Like, actually, he is the only point guard on your team. If I had to do it, a it depth is, chart, a point you know, it guard, is. it's Jordan. That's it, it. It's funny because we, 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 as Suns fans, we're really good at making excuses. Um, so all the, all the conversation has transitioned to positionless basketball. <laughs> because we've only got one point guard. I mean, we only had two before, but campaign was too expensive for the luxury tax threshold. So they fobbed can, him off we, for two, two second rounds. Like, <laughs> can we see the can we see the opposite if those guys get injured? Can we see the opposite of, uh, if, let's say if uh, Devin Booker gets injured and, and KD gets injured, can we just see an inverse relationship somewhere of like the opposite of the center thing where you roll out like a traditional center for five minutes and then get them off the court really quickly to go small? Can we just see, like, let's just start with Jordan Goodwin as the point guard for five minutes, see how it goes, and then get him out of there and put another shooting guard in? Oh, Eric Borden, go on. Eric, you're, you're needed, Eric. Uh, that, and that's the other thing, too. I think you're going to see Eric Gordon play a lot of point guard minutes in rotations. But the, all the chatter was that in the Bill trade, Jordan Goodwin wasn't a throw-in piece. It was a piece yep. they wanted as part of that trade. And, yep. uh, I, and, and I think Voida was probably the first one to mention it on Sun's Jam session that uh, – uh, the first time I heard it, that they really wanted to consider Jordan Goodwin as the backup point guard. And that was even while campaign was still on the team. Yeah. And if we look back there, as we said before, like we see Eric Gordon having more value only by way of the fact that there's going to be a role for him as a, like the second string shooting guard off the bench, because there's in the second unit, you could, you need Eric Gordon there. Like that could be an excellent second unit. You could have Jordan Goodwin, Eric, Eric Gordon in your second unit. Um, Kata Bates, Diop, on the provision that Josh Kogi is there. It's basically a tanking basketball team. Your second unit is a tanking basketball team who can do some stuff. And that's so where Eric Gordon... It'd, it'd still beat Detroit. It'd still be... <laughs> oh, no. No, I wish good things for Detroit. I would like them to not suck. I just, I would like, I would like a serviceable season for them. But yeah, as you said, Eric Gordon rolls out there. Jordan Goodwin is by default your starting point guard. Now he's only started seven games in his NBA career with 30 minutes tonight, 12 points a game. This is his free throw percentage is down as a starter. Now his attempts, this is based on volume as well. So he almost gets double the amount of three uh, free throw attempts as a starter than he does. I think it's like one attempt a game, uh, if I'm not mistaken, as a uh, bench dude, he gets two attempts a game. As a starter, it's not that high, but he basically hits a crap percentage. Uh, field goal percentage isn't that great. He rebounds a little bit. He gives you those assists, but where he profiles incredibly well as a starter is his steals. So he is absolutely an assist and steals target as a streamer. If anything, sky is falling situation happens in the Phoenix Suns this year. Jordan Goodwin, as you said, that's your that's one of your other flyers and guys to keep uh, and watch this space on really, Nate. 
No, not mine. No, but not yours. I, I understand. I, I understand everything you said, but um, this is this is a toss a coin for me. I don't toss think the situation. I don't think the situation had in uh, Washington translates at all to the situation he's going to be in in Phoenix. So I think it's it's to- toss a coin what it looks like. It could look great. It could look shit. It could just look average. Look, it could look uh, really shit, but I think it's another jobs for mates thing. Obviously, he's been over in Washington. He's come across in the trade. They could have let him go, but they need one. So I think it's an insurance policy. And as you said, they let campaign go for a reason, especially because Most- of the money, but <laughs> mostly the money. And that's mostly money. But if you look around, yeah, he's gone for the money. So there's a guy there, but there's no one else to fill the void. Like I look around and like Eric Gordon could do the job. So Eric Gordon could slide in as then the starting point guard, let's say, if Bradley Beal goes down. So therefore, that translates to bench minutes for Jordan Goodwin again, similar to where he is there. And that's where he could have increased value because there's no one else in this team to fill in that backup point guard role then. So if they keep oh, as a backup point, as a... Yeah? I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing. So from all the, the pods, so there's yeah. six different pods here that I've like gone to the guys and said, hey, give me your feedback on... Give me uh, who would you draft and you know, like if the must have or first round, second round, who would you take a flyer on? What's your hot take? Uh, not a single mention of Jordan Gooden from anyone. So. As I said, he is a watch this space guy. And so when we're recommending these guys, look, I, look, I don't think there's anything by way and virtue of him being immediately at the gate value. Like I'm not drafting Jordan Goodwin, but this is a sky is falling situation pick for me. So if, if I hear that Brad Beal's gone down, Okay, let's just assume then who is your new starting point. If they run point book, Eric Gordon then might come in as your starting shooting guard. So that could be a ripple effect there where there's minutes available. Devin and has to have a rest. This is Jones when Ja Morant's not playing. This is my Tyus Jones when Ja Morant's not playing. Again, it's a watch this space and watch what he can do because as a starter, he's proved serviceable and he's a stream option definitely for those assists and steals. He can knock down as a starter. You can see he's got 1.3 threes a game in that role. I mean, if you look back at Chris Paul and the other blokes, they're not making more than two a game. He doesn't do it at a great efficiency, but there will be a role and he needs to fill that role. Much like campaign has always filled that role in Phoenix. There's always been a point guard in Phoenix that fills that role. And by virtue, that's where Jordan Goodwin has some merit. But again, that merit's improved. And I mean, you could wait and see how it rolls out in the the next game. So you're not running to the waiver wire for this guy. This isn't like if DeAndre Ayton goes down. You're just the second that you you're watching that game live. You're like, oh, that's just wait, and you're stopping your wife in the middle of a conversation, and you go, just what do we? No, I'm just adding. I'm just adding Drew Eubanks. Something. I'll be a second. <laughs> it's it's not like that situation because you'll you've be got like your wife, Eric, you'll be stopping waitress somewhere. Apparently, you'll be you'll be stopping someone over at Marley's Bar and Grill. Shout out, hello Dan. Um, but yeah, you're definitely not not doing that for Jordan Goodwin. You're definitely waiting to see what they do with that next because if they start point book. And they bring Eric Gordon to your lineup as a shooting guard. I would like to see the minutes that Jordan Goodwin gets being the only other point guard. Because if that's the case, you're going to have to make some rotational choices in Phoenix because there's no other point guard. This is where that DeAndre Ayton trade gets very interesting. If they bring in another point guard there, Jordan Goodwin's out. And like I wouldn't even speak of his name again for the rest of the fantasy season or possibly his NBA career. Who knows? So if they bring in someone in that role or they get a two-for-one, that's where Jordan's out, and then you can see what happened from there. That's that's my conversational merit behind that. Does that I, make I sense? Gotta tell you, I, I was really scared that they were going to trade for Kyrie Irving, uh, DeAndre Ayton to Dallas for Kyrie Irving, because Dallas has openly said they wanted to bring in DeAndre Ayton, 
And if you look yep. at what happened with the trade deadline last year, all the rumors were about they're bringing Kyrie into Phoenix uh, and ended up getting KD. So I thought it was a long play where they were just going to bring KD now and bring Kyrie in the offseason. I'm actually happy that didn't play out. I don't really yep. want Kyrie on the team. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that um, DeAndre works out and this whole positionless off-guard to point-guard facilitation works. <laughs> So tell me about it then. This brings us to pretty much the last segment about our predictions for this season. Predictions-wise, is DeAndre traded? This is yes or no question. So DeAndre traded, yes or no, by the end of the season? I'm going to go with no. I mean, I know all the is it still a possibility was the question you asked before. And based yep. on noise, media noise, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say no, and the system just works. Because he okay. knows he has no more excuses, and it has to work now. He got what he Even wanted. He got, his one... bag, he got a new coach. He got the best players in the world playing on his team. Like yep. if uh, I'm going to go with no. All right. Next question. Phoenix Suns, over or under? Currently on Sportsbet, it is 52.5 wins for this season. Oh. It is under. The under is at 177. The over is at buck 97. So they don't think they're going to win more than 52 games. Do you win more than 52 oh, I... games this year? Yes. Yes, I had them at 55 to 60. You had them at 55 to 60. Yeah. I have them either winning the West or coming second. So it's really interesting. You guys by mid-January last year were 21 wins and 24 after a hot start. Then you recovered well leading up to a nine to two span uh, to sit with 30 and 26 prior to February. And then you went 12 and nine after the deadline. So if you look at your (laughs) and you've got it's a new basketball team. Like it's a hundred percent. Like is. you look at it, you finish with a 45 and 37. So the question does become, do you win eight more games? Well, if you're healthy, yes. Well, if you look at those games played for Booker and KD and Beal, if between yeah. them, they can drop a little bit of minutes uh, and improve the longevity of their season, you increase the games, the more games they play, the more games we win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By virtue. Look, I don't think it's, at the end of the day last year, if you're looking at that, if you look at that over and under wins and you look at the best teams in the summary. So if you look at the best teams who won the most games last year, it was 58 teams for the Buck, wins for the Bucks, 57 for the Celtics, uh, 54 for the 76ers, 53 was your Nuggets. They kind of cruised a little bit at the end. So it was their season. For the Nuggets. It was their season. But it the like year before, it, it was 60, 62 wins you guys had. 62 yeah. wins. We're the best best yeah. record in the NBA and then lost in the second round of Dallas in six. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah, that's you lose a few playoff games. Uh, this is the one. Where do you, The big one. Where do you make it in the playoffs this year? Do you win it all? Oh, all Suns fans have us going all the way. Um, and there's a, a lot of chatter about how good would a rematch be against the Bucks. Yes, it's it's yeah that would it's be nice. Too, it is extremely difficult to repeat a, a championship. Like there's not a lot of times that you can say you can probably pick three or four teams off the top of your head yeah. that have done it. Um, and so Denver didn't improve; uh, they lost a couple of pieces. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't think they'll get the same run they did last year. People mm-hmm. teams know how hard it is to play in Denver, and I think that's why I've said that. I want to say one or two, but I think we finish ahead of Denver based purely and we don't want to give up home court advantage in the postseason to, to Denver based on the difficulty of playing in the the um, uh, atmosphere. Like the, the, I did, We did a whole pod talking about the, the pressure of 
playing in the altitude and the, the lowering blood circulation or oxygen-rich blood circulation and the whole difficulty of it. So you want to put all the things, chips in your favour of, of home court advantage, especially against This is them. why, and, and to be fair, like, I, you know me, I'm a LeBron fan. My, my, te- my childhood team, the Charlotte Hornets, was taken away and became uh, excavator. I like to call them the Charlotte excavators, the Bobcats. Um, <laughs> during that period of time. So I didn't have a team. So I always like just followed players who I liked after that. And LeBron became my guy. I actually, I loved the Lakers beating the Nuggets last year for one reason. I would have loved that narrative of the Lakers versus the Heat just to have that bubble finals. I was, a, I, w- I want the Lakers to win. Not because I wanted just LeBron to get a chip and be like, oh, my LeBron lover. No, how cool it would have been if you were a Lakers and a Heat fan to watch your two teams play in the playoffs and play in the finals that you missed playing because they were in a bubble. I would love to see a Phoenix Suns. I reckon there's going to be so much going on in that Suns-Bucks final. It would be absolutely oh, yeah. huge. And I think the Suns would win this time. Look, the, the problem last time was we didn't have the bodies to take all the fouls. Uh, yeah. And now we've got the bodies. If we got the rematch, because the, the, the way they won was driving Giannis straight down the middle and then yep. fouling our players out. So now we've on got a, a very lot serviceable more, defender, lot more size. Bridges. A lot more size. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon, look, I think you're in for an amazing season of Phoenix. And again, the bright side of the sun has been around now for a long time after some very maligned years. It's uh, it's up and up in our final final takeaway for fantasy for this season. Who are you drafting if you have a pick in the early rounds? Who are you looking at number one? Uh, well, given it's a fantasy Suns edition pod, I have written down nothing. I am not taking a sun in my first round. I probably will not take a sun in my second round, and I will look what falls to the third. I consider our starting lineup a logjam, which doesn't lend itself to fantasy in the early rounds. That's my opinion. I, I, I see that being very similar to the case with you guys. I see it being a bit of a logjam there. Again, it's, it's not just a minute share. It's a you should share at the end of the day in Phoenix. But there are some guys like Bradley Beal, if he slides into the 50s, you definitely want to have a look at. If, look, if, you, if Devin Booker slides into the 30s, fire, we did miss. Who, well, that's my big thing. My prediction is who's your late round flyer. Uh, well, the prediction is who's your late round flyer. So who's your, who's your early? Who's your who's your who's your smoky late round sleeper well, let's, flyer? Let's not talk about me. Let's go on consensus of the pod guys, and it's you. Love that. So both uh, Justin uh, the wrist. We can call, can we call in the wrist because that Kanye song. Sorry, the wrist. Yuta Watanabe. Yuta Watanabe. You're my wrist. Yeah, there's no country version of that song, is there? There's no, you don't, you like too much country music. <laughs> yeah, look, <laughs> you like, you so you did, you just the flyer. You call him uh, the the friendly, the friend pick because of Durant, but this guy's a 50% yep. three point shooter. He's six foot eight in play, all wing positions, shooting guards, more forward, power forward. Uh, yep. And he's been improving year on year. So I, I kind of agree with the guys that it'd be interesting to see where he falls because there's probably going to be some category value for him late. Like, don't, don't, don't reach for it, but. Yeah. Um, that I, don't I see him as a much risky starts. Like he's been thrown in the conversation as is he the third player in question for that fifth starting role? I don't think there is, but yeah. he's definitely going to have a position, a set position in the second unit. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious to see what he can do. Uh, I think again, he's probably also tied to Kevin Durant being out and what they do then if if KD goes down. I think he's like, yeah, he's probably not a flyer that I'm going to pick up in my draft, but he's definitely someone who I'd look at via injury to see what opportunity presents and what opportunity knocks for you to Watanabe. And then he's probably a grab, especially if he gets a starting role uh, and he's useful. He's definitely going to be one of those knockdown shooters there and he's going to provide you three points a game 
on decent field goal efficiency because he's not going to be getting the ball in isolation scoring. Like there's not like just pass pass you to the ball and let him cook. It's going to be literally, it's going to be book, cook, pass out. Yuta shoots it, Yuta makes it, and adding you some rebounds along the way. Decent field goal efficiency, decent free throw. He's not going to tank you anywhere. So he's going to be a useful pickup late. 44.4% in Brooklyn last year yep. from 58 games. Yep. Now, Damian Lee was leading the league in three-point percentage for a long while there for the Suns. Yep. He averaged 445 by the end of the season. So Yuta could end up well be being the best three-point shooter on the Suns next season. That's almost NBA leading three-point percentage, to be fair. So there's like he can knock him down. And he's like he's almost like that Rui Hachimura role with the Lakers. You know, that big extra body who just can stand yeah. around, defend, play that spacing floor, like that six foot eight, six foot nine des- by wing design and knock down your threes. So look, I expect them to have a better season. I don't know if I'm hitting the overs on this one because I was burnt by it last year. I, I don't know. The 52 games? Yeah, I don't know if I'm hitting the I don't know yet. I just got to see injury-wise. I'm just – I don't like to tie anything to injuries because we don't know it. It's like just like what magic ball can I gaze into and see how healthy the Phoenix Suns. If the Phoenix Suns are healthy, they're going to smash 52. I reckon they're going to be a 60-win team, 100% they're healthy. I, I think they're absolutely in line for it. I would love to see how it plays off in the playoffs with them. It's a really interesting rebuild that they put together over there, 100%. But I just need to see the health of the team with these three stars, four stars, if you will. I mean, like DeAndre plays, but I need to see Bradley Beal playing a lot of games, Devin Booker playing a lot of games, and Kevin Durant playing a lot of games, and I'll smash the over every single day of the week. So we've already got the paces as an absolute lock to go over this season. Okay. Like We've got the paces lock over. Um, We've got the Hornets going over. This is one that I'm unsure over. Depends on which direction the way the Hornets go so far in the pods that I've done. Like if they want to tank again, they'll go under because yay, draft pick. Well, but it's, uh, on the next uh, Aussie Suns fans pod we're doing, recording tomorrow, we, we go live. Um, it's we, We're actually doing the uh, the Atlantic division and we've already yep. uh, predicted out the Eastern Conference. Um, I, I did it over a few wines. So it'd be interesting. Oh, it's going to be quality content. That's going to be some quality content. Going back over what I've actually – we haven't recorded yet. We go live. But um, when I go back over my list, I had the paces still low. I didn't have them improving. I definitely had the yep. Hornets going up one or two places in the east. So I've currently a little cheeky – a cheeky uh, multi you could throw on would be over for 37.5 wins for the paces, over 37.5, and, and your son's over 52.5 at 342. I'd definitely take what? that over. Yeah, that's that's not a bad shout at the end of the day. Nate, my brother from another mother. So much fun. I'll see you I'll see you, I'll see you at Christmas. Yes, I'll I have you. booked my flights. Um yes. We're out there. You're, you're actually based in Singapore now. I'm here in Sydney, so it's good that you come back over the country. Yeah, that's we'll the other thing. I've got to give my shout outs, but uh, yeah, I, I moved to Singapore hey, give you shout outs, a, a year ago. Um yep. and so all the uh, Aussie Suns fans pods we used to do were in Australia and now I have to chime in because of the time difference a couple of hours earlier. So uh, they, they're getting more and more sober every time we do the pod because they get earlier and earlier. <laughs> uh, but no, just uh, look to the guys that contributed at, um, from, again, Suns Jam Session. Yeah, give him a shout, Sun. mate. Give him a shout. John Voider at Darth Voider. Uh, from uh, Justin at So Says Jay at Fanning the Flames. Dan Duarte from Fanning the Flames and Coast to Coast with Flex. That's uh, at Dan Duarte 1. Uh, Podslut 
uh, Jake Brogner, at Fallen Founder. And of course, uh, Gavin, Gavin, Gavin Spall is at Aussie Suns fans. So he, um, he runs our pod. Thank you very and much I'm, for all those contributors. Yeah, thank you. Uh, beautiful. Thank you for having me on. It's been good to actually finally do a pod together after all these years of talking basketball. We actually get to record it. <laughs> we do. We do indeed. Man. Hey, thank you so much, my brother. Much love to you. Much love to the family. Much love to all those contributors for giving you some outstanding questions. Uh, this has been an Inside Fantasy Sports podcast. This is my dog. Apparently wanting some attention because I've been here way too long. You can see that on the bottom of the screen. Hello, Dasha. I think it's your first pod cameo, huh? There you go. There's that one. I am at MBAG Wiz. That is at Nikki's Falcon. Give us a shout out. Give us a follow. Give us a subscribe. Enjoy all your content. We've got more coming in the preseason. Every team will be previewed and a whole bunch of mock drafts coming this week. Enjoy. Peace out, Hoopers.